Welcome to Inflection Points, where in each episode we talk about the pivotal moments in the careers of tech leaders that help them navigate a new path to growth. My name is Joe Hine, and in this episode we speak with Piotr Majszak, co-CEO at Bold Air, which calls Poland its home but creates best-in-class digital products for clients across Europe, the Middle East and the US. It has grown to 200 people using an innovative management philosophy. You'll love this one because we discuss the unfair advantage the young have when becoming an entrepreneur, what is holacracy and why it's the only solution for Boldair, and how Boldair achieved its 100% international client base. From SI Partners, this is Inflection Points. Piotr Majcek is the co-CEO of Boldair. With over 17 years under his belt, he has weathered the IT industry's seismic shifts, founded and grown companies from ideas to international successes, and adopted innovant management philosophies. From establishing Exolve, custom software, to co-founding Chilid, where design met development and culminating in the birth of Bold Air, Piot's journey is a testament to agility, innovation and sheer determination. Bold Air are one of the most exciting tech stories to come out of Europe in recent times. And Piotr has never left his hometown in Poland. He runs a whole company from Gliwice. Piotr, welcome to Inflection Points. Hi, Joe. Very nice to be here. Um, so you've had, as I said, over 17 years experience in the IT world. W- when did your fascination in technology begin? Yeah, it was in a, in a very uh, early stage. You know, I've become interested in this uh, uh, strange black boxes called shortwave radios. Mm. And... Uh, I remember vividly remember at the time when I was able to talk and speak with a uh, guy in Svalbard and Botswana <laughs> in the same time, wow. right? So this, uh, uh, this technology actually uh, uh, evolved uh, into close connection with computers and, you know, computers became uh, like, a, like a central point of, of the radio as well, right? Uh, so for me, this 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 technology was uh, was something that uh, that enabled me to connect with some some other people as yeah. well. Which is the same as the digital age, right? It's just using technology for connectivity. Um, and and at what stage did you start moving from the the shortwave radio and immersing yourself in software and in coding? Yeah, uh, I. If it comes to software, I started uh, programming relatively late. I think I was like uh, seventeen or eighteen mm-hmm. years old. Um, but before that, I was like uh, uh, going uh, through different, let's say, uh, different applications of computers, like how to do. It was the times when when you know internet uh, started. So how to share the internet with my neighbors. You know how to uh, how to connect uh, different computers, and for me again, you know, computers became really fascinating when it became connected. I, I think it's an interesting concept, the idea that um, being seventeen or eighteen is considered quite late to get into to kind of programming. When you know most people don't start their careers until their early twenties, but it's it's almost more like a more like a sports person where you know if you don't start young, then uh, it, you've got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, yeah, that's one one thing. But the other angle is also, you know, when when you are really uh, becoming interesting in something, this this professional and you know, uh, and personal thing, uh, really, this this boundary is 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 blurry, yeah. right? So, 
uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of developers that that are even you know they they, they come to our company when when they are like seventy, right? And we have to ask their parents to, for the permission to to work. So and they're great. You yeah, know? yeah, real talent. So let's start talking about Exolve then, the, the one of the precursor to to Boulder. You started it in two thousand and four. Where were you at the time, and what inspired the start of the company? Yeah, I was living in Blivica, like I do, you know, all my life. Yeah, uh, and I was working in this company that uh, that made uh, different solutions for the advertising industry. So I was kind of, uh, you know, uh, chief uh, delivery officer. So we were delivering everything uh, what 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 our like founder uh, thought about it, and we always estimated, you know, uh, every project for three months, right? And uh, but uh, but at a certain moment, it uh, it was the moment that uh, he announced that he has to uh, downsize the company. So I figured it out. Okay, this these are really good people, and we have a nice crew. So uh, I decided to uh, to take a reverse mortgage for my apartment and bring these people to my company and to offer him services. And this is how it started. It takes a lot of courage to put your your flat your your sort of your your assets on the line to start a company what what drove you to take that personal risk you know when you're young you're not assessing every risk <laughs> and i think you have this unfair advantage of uh, of having a lot of time and having a focus and you know being able to do everything because also you're uh, you like uh, alone you don't have a family so i think this 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 unfair advantage was one of the things and the second thing was that uh, i do not like to overthink things okay. right because uh, you know very often you have to start with just starting and then to see what happens so even if uh, you know, even if there's a risk of uh, losing this apartment, okay, you know that's that's only apartment. Okay, very balanced view, which I guess is is it's a big part of being able to take those risks is not having to overthink them too much. Yes, you know, I, I want to roll forward a few years because Exolve had been having uh, a good degree of success, and then in two thousand and seven with Anna Zadutska. You started another entrepreneurial journey by founding Chillid, a web design agency. What sparked the idea behind Chillid, especially when I mean Exolve was going so well? Yes, it was. Uh, it wasn't like a one moment. It was more like a process. So uh, you know, Anna came to us uh, to to build uh, uh, to build a product because uh, she was working in the film industry and uh, she wanted to make some uh, um, some. Uh, uh, like like an ice stock photo, what we have mm -hmm. right now. So the photo shoots of Arcticus that you can, as a user, you can you can use it and buy it, right? Uh, but uh, we we sort of, or I, I told her actually that it's it's not going to be a perpetual mobile. So you really have to develop, invest in it, and you have to work with it. So it's not like you there's a magic box you can throw this. Uh, uh, this 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 photos and uh, it will make money, uh, but in this process we we, we sort of knew that uh, okay we want to do something right it's uh, we want to do something together because you know I always believe that uh, the team is more important than product itself or or the company, so we started with uh, with um, with video to internet but it was too early 
And then we saw uh, over this process that, okay, this, the people, they don't have a, they have really poorly designed websites and the interfaces are, are crappy. And since Anna's background was also in, in, um, in arts, it was very, very, it wasn't hard for them, for her to pivot into, into design. I mean, the, the internet uh, interfaces design. And so we, we launched, we, we sort of pivoted with, with, with this company, Chillit. And we, since, since, since then, we had this two legs, which was more like a software oriented and the other was uh, design user interface oriented. Yeah. So just, just a huge amount of logic to, to kind of the symbiosis of, of, of those two businesses. Yes. And then, you know, I, I want to keep rolling forward in the journey. And, and it was, you know, the big next step was in a few years' time. So in 2018, you're working with brands like Blah Blah Car and ING, very strong workforce. But then you decided to start Bold Air, a, a big milestone in your in your career and obviously the company's career. At the time, you had Exolve, you had Chilid, you also had a VC back startup. What drove the merger and, and why did you drop the startup? Yeah, so uh, we, we we tried to start because uh, it was um, it was one of the startup that uh, unfortunately had to fail, right? Uh, and uh, and uh, it was too many things on the same plate, uh, at least for me, right? Because we, we also have some overseas offices back then, etc. But the bolder uh, idea was that uh, the people or we, we we saw a lot of uh, products that we make for customers are actually mm. failing and they are mm -hmm. losing money. And it, it was not because of, uh, of technology wasn't that wasn't that was not there, but it was, uh, the problem was with, uh, distribution or different things that we don't, uh, uh, we sort of, it was not our responsibility or even we couldn't touch. So. Boulder was, was uh, and is the answer for that because we, uh, we changed our processes to, uh, to make, a, um, to be more, more product oriented for customers. So, uh, so either we, we, we are also a, a good partner in terms of how to, um, how to slice the product how to uh, go to market, you know, uh, how to make a distribution. So, you know, how to manage risk in this kind of ventures that are, you know, very fragile and uh, you have to navigate all the time uh, through, through the, you know, harsh seas. So for those that aren't familiar, how would you describe Boulder's sort of core mission and what are the primary challenges that you help clients overcome? Yes. So our mission is to, uh, to help, uh, our customers build, build the best digital products. And the problems that we would try to, uh, help them overcome are that, uh, combining technology, sp speed up of technology and also, uh, a strategy for, for the digital products. Interesting. And I, I want to take a step back. We've, we've built the journey of how you've got to Boulder. But one of the things that really fascinates me about what, how you operate your company, and it's not something I've come across before or, or a lot in my career, is you've adopted the Holacracy management system and, and you adopted it quite early on in Exolve. 
Can you explain holacracy and what it entails for our for our listeners? So, since the beginning, I was trying to uh, to do company a little bit different than than what 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 back then I could find in the, in the books, and it was uh, all because uh, I was kind of fascinated how how the how we were able to build this you know internet networks with bunch of colleagues right mm -hmm. and there was there was never any like a single boss that that told us to do that and we were able to to make um, many different nice things also you know i was uh, i was fascinated with open source movements which which mm -hmm. which was also a uh, uh, very strange thing to create uh, to create uh, things and mm, so Exelf was 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 founded on this uh, this foundations uh, that uh, we are uh, a group uh, of people that are working on a, on a, on a common goal. And obviously, you know, when you start growing, uh, it's not that easy anymore, and you have to uh, put some kind of structure. So uh, we were experimenting with different, uh, you know, agile methods. Uh, so first of all, of course, the uh, operational teams was it was a little bit easy because you you have agile and uh, you have Scrum and different uh, that kind of metal methodologies. But then how to run the whole company? It was a time of experimenting, and then we found out, you know, holacracy, which 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 sort of gave us uh, the. Uh, the, the 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 whole um, uh, whole package of of different uh, uh, of different um, processes and uh, and things to run company. So um, so we decided to you know to go with it and um, and you know it was it was good because when you scale to two hundred and more. You are still able to give uh, people freedom, but uh, but they are also able. You are also able to uh, to to sort of draw uh, the uh, the areas that are responsible uh, for for them very very well. Mm. Yeah, you know, and, and and Zappos is the sort of famous case study, if you like, out there. How does it? differ from hierarchy with holacracy yes it's um, you know on, on one hand it's it's a different style of running a company mm -hmm. right so I wouldn't put it like uh, very much like uh, it's it's some kind of uh, magician way of doing <laughs> things right uh, but uh, I think you have to start and where, where it really differentiates it's it's the transparency right because if you give freedom to people they have to be able to see where the company is going, right? So things have to be transparent because you, as a CEO, you are able to uh, to 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 have decisions because you see where where it uh, where you in which environment you are, right? So if if you give uh, more decision making to these people in front of the problems, because that's the idea, right? Try to give some uh, a power for the people who are closest to the problem, they also have to see it, right? Like a, like a regular CEO. Uh, and then uh, the, the second thing is that uh, 
obviously there is uh, more trust, right? So you have to work towards this comrade, uh, you know, uh, culture. Uh, I also, for me, it's also similar to to how you how you maybe how you run the city, right? So you are in neighborhood, and your neighbors are having their own, you know, houses. And everybody is responsible for 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 their property, but then you also have to talk with them. Okay, maybe we do something for the street, or you are voting to yeah. to for for somebody to, uh, you know, to uh, to take care about other things. So it it kind of reminds me maybe uh, uh, that 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 you build a company as a city. Yeah, fascinating. And but I guess the way a city works, you do have. You know, various levels of autonomous units as you said like a, a house level and then maybe a, uh, a sort of a borough level in london and then you have a city level but they're often guided by sort of whether it's rules or regulations or sort of a moral code or a sort of just just uh, intuitive understanding about what's acceptable and what's not how do you put that into your business because it becomes more important than ever if you're giving people those those freedoms yeah, so uh, the people in holacracy they they work based on roles. So role is more like a, it's a, it's a smaller granulation of a function. So you can have a different you know roles. So the other people see what you are doing. So this is like your let's say your property, right? And then, like you said, we actually have a different levels, right? Because on strategy levels, you have a different people that takes care about strategy than, uh, you know, obviously on HR, on operations level. You have a, you have a different, uh, like in, in every other company, these functions have to be covered. So it exists as well. And then we have uh, we have a rules, right? And we have a rules uh, for uh, how to, how you do things if you need it. the The default rule is that if uh, everything is you know if it's not forbidden, then you can do it. So this is like a general rule, right? And then uh, because then then you have a rules that are set in a way that facilitates uh, we call it circles. So if there is a circle of, let's say, board, you have nine people, uh, then you have to go through the process which is called consent in order to create some rule. So the the, the thing with call accuracy is that there are many rules, right? It's, it's counterintuitive because in order to make a freedom for people, you have to have really well uh, designed uh, and set all the uh, roles and uh, responsibilities of the people much more than in 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 a uh, in a normal company because this is this is like a network of people. I don't go to only to CEO if I want something. Of course, I'm oversimplifying things, right? But I can directly go to Joe, and you know we can actually set up some things. Uh, together without the hierarchy of, let's say, our CEO. And because of that, you have to have it, uh, let's say, on the paper. And I think the spark of holacracy is because, you know, there are some kind of uh, there are, there are systems that, that are able you to, that are enable you to, uh, to, to, to run in this uh, complex world. There's giving people that 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 responsibility and that and that freedom to make decisions as you said close to 
with the, the best information because they're at the at the coal face um doing the work that, that needs to kind of make the decision i think it's i think it's fascinating it's quite similar to a business called cint and i um interviewed one of the founders there and they use sort of lean methodology which is about sort of getting out the way of people enabling them to make decisions and and the growth units so sort of very autonomous growth units that they use because bold is uh, how many people are you now yeah around 200 yeah so it's a that's a, it's a big unit that um, that you're having to manage and in your opinion what why does this outperform hierarchy or why, or why is this preferred for Baldair um, as opposed to hierarchical structure yes uh, on the on the on the foundational level um, the uh, this kind of organizations are more resilient right so uh, it means that uh, first of all you know I'm uh, as a, as a co-founder, uh, as a co-founder, the company is not re- that reliant on me, which is, I think, you know, from the risk man- risk perspective, is is a, is a good point, right? Then, uh, you know, this this company gives you more um, as a um, as a person, it gives you more um, space to to grow your career, right? Because you you have more chances to do different things. And it's not like if you if you step on, let's say, one um, one career path, you, you have to go one way, right? Uh, then um, if in terms of if it if it comes to to, to the business, uh, you know, you can you can take more uh, decisions uh, in the same time. Again, you know, just because people have more autonomy. So um, this is this is the things that uh, um, that that were always fascinating us. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously, it's it's not like again something which is uh, only shining, because uh, I think also we are at this stage. Uh, uh, of of let's say development, if it comes to uh, to to our planet, that uh, it takes a lot of time to unlearn many things, right? So if you if you come to organization like ours, it's a, it's a lot of work, you know, to get adjust into it, right? So then there's this pilot. Then you have to do this 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 math. Okay, am I really into it? Because I have to do a lot of work, which which operationally they they don't uh, don't give any outputs, right? It's just like operating system. I have to learn, right? Mm-hmm. If you switch from Windows to Mac, yeah, you yeah. have to have this yeah, yeah. this time Absolutely. to this way to adjust. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I can totally understand, and it's it's so easy to get institutionalized um, in in one way of thinking, and it and I know that I've had to unlearn. <laughs> things that I've been taught in my life um, to, to, to adjust to different environments. Um, I, I think that's fascinating and, I, and, I, and I'm, it's brilliant the amount of success that you've, you've had using that structure. But it, um, and, and actually the world that success has manifested itself in terms of your international footprint that you've, you've created. And um, it's particularly impressive given your origins in, in Poland. Who kind of, can you just talk a bit about the current distribution of your work and the countries that, that are hot for you at the moment. Yes, yeah, so we we 
it's kind of funny because we 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 have no Polish customer, right? And we are based in Poland. So um, and uh, 30 to 40 uh, percent of revenue comes from uh, Gulf area, Middle East. Then uh, another th- uh, 30 uh, or 40% from Europe and the rest from US. So we are like more or less equally distributed to, to these uh, three continents, uh, which is also good in times of turbulences because for right, right now, you know, Europe and, uh, and US, uh, it's a little bit, uh, uh, you know, chilled, I would yes. say, if it comes to the business. Yeah, yeah. And then we have our clients from Saudi Arabia when 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 they are like picking up because uh, of different you know uh, macro. Uh, so why we um, and the, the question is obviously because it wasn't like a big strategy, right? Again, Joe, it was like okay, let's start doing that. And uh, I was kind of feeling that uh, that in Poland we couldn't really achieve our mission of you know uh, co-creating and having a best uh, products also best means for us obviously the, the the business right because if if product doesn't if if product that doesn't uh, drive you uh, business that's not a product right that's a hobby so uh, so we we felt that with uh, with international companies it was much easier to actually uh, sort of uh, uh, work with them in in our culture and our idea how how to make products, and then we 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 started with Netherlands, and then it spread to through through Germany and uh, and US and and I think like seven or eight years ago also Galveria. Mm. And, t- and tell me about that first step, that first international project. How did that come about? Yeah, that was uh, that was a funny story because uh, one of my friends, a Dutch friend, he called me. We, we were studying. He was studying on, uh, and he was being on this exchange called Erasmus, right? And uh, so obviously we were drinking a lot. And one of one day, um, he he called to me, "Hey, Piotr, you have to be like in two hours in in Warsaw because I have a. Uh, you have to. I need you to to talk with someone." So you know, I I I got into the car and. And appeared there, and that was his colleague who was who was searching for like uh, for like I think six or eight developers, right, and uh, in Netherlands. So it all started with with that. Uh, we we came to I came to to Netherlands, and I think within two weeks we roll out like uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, um, biggest project for us mm-hmm. back then, right? Wow. It's a great way to start. Just the serendipity of uh, of people that you know and 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 being reacting to the moment um, it can often be uh, from small things. Big big things come. Um, and, and how do you find how do you how do you go about managing the challenge of a lot of international clients, international offices, um, you know, and and two hundred people. I mean, that's that's quite a that's quite a beast to to, to control. Yes. Uh, again, I think holacracy comes to um, comes handy in, in this case. Uh, and since beginning, we were very much into uh, remote work and to be distributed. We have four offices in Poland and few others uh, outside. So um, 
it doesn't really change uh, too much for us if if some other office uh, is is sort of uh, sparkling, because really uh, if if we have like three or four persons in in the same city, very often they they say, okay, we 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 would like to have a place we can work together, right? And this is how this these offices are, you know, uh, uh, sparkling there, right? So. The biggest challenge is obviously, you know, how to have the, the same uh, culture and on, on one hand, how to have the same culture, but it's more like, uh, you know, these foundations of culture, because on the other hand, every place have a little bit different, uh, uh, different environment and, and culture itself. And what do you see is the future for Boulder? Where are you going next? Yes, we, we, we are strongly uh strongly thinking you know how to improve our service right and it was like okay first with software then okay software with uh, good user interface uh all around you know solving problems not make software right then products how to how to go how to help our customers to build products not not software only and now we think okay how to how to bring more comfort for them, right? So that means for us, at least at this stage, that we have to have uh, we have to have uh, more proximity to them if it comes to like delivery. So 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 the client is able to talk with somebody uh, somebody um, let's say around his neighbor because that's not uh, like the, the 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 case in in every uh, every place we are. So we are uh, we are thinking either to go through joint ventures, especially in the uh, in this uh, in the Gulf uh, area, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, we are thinking about more expansion in these terms if it comes to uh, US. Fantastic. And just a question on holacracy and the different offices that you have and distributed workforce. What is your approach to working in the office versus not working into the office? Yeah, that's a very good uh, question. Our approach as a company is that people have freedom. But I also see that, um, you know, while it's uh, very easy, very tempting and very convenient to work from home, we are actually very much lacking of these spaces where, where you can create some ideas just because you are drinking coffee and you have, again, this proximity to our people, right? So we are kind of encourage them. Also, our teams are meeting uh, uh, together and with clients regularly. But again, I think we are on, I mean, I'm sure because we are on the way how to discover this new world. And I, I do know that, you know, just working remotely, at least for us, it's not like a 100% option, right? Because we are missing this creativity of how to, how to solve problems that, that, you know, in other way, remotely are, it's, it's hard to crack. So is that a, one of the rules that you need to, to put in place to, to make the kind of the structure work is as a certain amount of time that people have to spend in the office, despite being in a high trust environment? It's more like uh, the, the rule is that uh, I think every team has to meet uh, uh, every six months in the same place. And that's more like, okay, they, they are more strategizing and planning for, uh, for some, most of the teams are meeting like every quarter to do that. Makes a lot of sense. 
but that's again, you know, that's that's work, and we would like to have this. Okay, Joe, how was how was your uh, you know how was your holidays? And okay, I have this problem. Oh, I heard that somebody else uh, had the problem. Um, you can talk to him, and this space is kind of disappearing, right? That the the, the personal relationships are, are critical between companies and between clients and and suppliers, and yeah, I I completely agree. Yes. Biotta, thank you so much. It's so great to hear your story. But before you go, um, after looking back, I'd like to look forward and I always ask my guests, what's exciting you about the next 12 months? Yes, this, uh, uh, for me, uh, I'm really exciting about, you know, how to, how to be more approximate uh, to our customers, right? That's, that's, a, that's a big question for me. And so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to sort of try it in Middle East and US. Mm. Great. And is that more boots on the ground or more travel for you? I think more, more travel as well. Yeah. 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 But I'm not leaving from Glivica, so uh, <laughs> that, that, you can be sure, right? But I think it's going to happen one day, Joe. <laughs> Fantastic. Piotr, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate having you on Inflection Points. Thank you very much, Joe. It was great to be here. Thank you. SI Partners is a leading corporate finance boutique for agencies, consultancies, and technology providers at the forefront of the digital economy. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Joe Hine, and you've been listening to Inflection Points.